Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Persuasion by the Pint. I am Jonathan Taylor, along with Sean Oso McCool. Oso, feels like a lifetime ago since our last episode. Yeah, it's been it's been probably a solid month. That's for sure. It's been so three it's been yeah, a, three weeks since our last. Yeah. I think. Yeah, I think it's three weeks. Yeah, it's been a while. So we're back at it. We got a juicy episode today. Like this is. This has got some meat on the bone today. A lot of meat. I think. So, uh, the 93-year-old persuasion secret still being used by some of the top influencers today. We got a stack of stuff, people. So, yeah, the 93-year-old persuasion secret still being used by top influencers today. We've got some really good stuff we're going to get into, along with some yeah. nice little... Uh, some nice brewskis, which yeah. annoy some of our audience, but we got to cover the bases first, man. That's right. And we're going to have a little pop quiz, too, right after the uh, the drinks. Absolutely. So be ready. Put on your thinking caps, yes. uh, as we used to say back in the day, right? Yeah, that's right. Cinch them down tight, because we got some, we got, especially for all the copywriters out there, this is a little bit of a test for you today. Uh, so that's be right. ready. Be ready. Stay away from the chat GPT, all right? Yeah. You got to use your own thinking caps yeah. today. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> no cheating. That's right. This is a closed book test, not That's an open right. book test. All right. Well, what do you have over there uh, in those parts as far as your beverage? Uh, we have a little uh, Sweet Baby Java today on the show. Sweet Baby Java. Uh, where has this been <laughs> I like it. all your life? I love it. It's a really nice play on words. Um, yeah. So this this brand's been around a while. I remember I, I first saw this as Sweet Baby Jesus. Yep. About seven or eight years ago, up in Northern Virginia, mm-hmm. um, at one of the I think the Wegmans or whatever it's called up there, the big fancy stores, grocery stores they have. Yep. Um, yeah. So I'm, I think they got rid of that because it was so like people were trying to boycott the name because ah, Sweet yes. Baby Jesus and yes. Yeah, I think it was the coffee one, so it might be actually this one that they changed. Mm-hmm. But now they have a whole line of sweet baby, whatever. So yeah, yeah. This this one caught my attention um, when it said Java. So it's got espresso bean infused chocolate peanut butter porter. Uh, it is their single best selling beer of all time. Sweet okay. baby, uh, sweet baby Jesus chocolate peanut butter porter hop gun with cold steeped. Whole bean espresso to infuse its iconic, lightly sweet chocolate and peanut butter. Nice. We're both huge fans of chocolate and peanut butter. And then we throw yes. in a little uh, espresso with that. Whew, man. And Take then you away. get, and then you bump up the ABV to about 6.2, which probably, is, I mean, that's perfect for this one. Yeah. You know, when is Reese's going to come out with a little, a Java Reese's? Exactly. A little shot of espresso in a Reese's cup? Yep. Oh, that would be that'd be awesome. Game over. I Man, love I that. Get royalties on that one when they're because <laughs> I know they listen. So I know. I mean, you see, uh, you know, companies like you know these guys Duncan partnering up every now and then for for yeah. a, for a limited release. I mean, Taco Bell is the king of that kind of stuff, right? <laughs> I mean, they would do it in a heartbeat. Doritos, tacos, and right. all the different things, Cinnabon stuff. Anyway, Missing. that looks good. Yes. It looks amazing, and I have to confess, uh, I've already had this because um, I, I actually bought it for last week, and thinking we were going to do a show, and I did save a couple of them for this episode, but no. I wasn't going to let that whole six pack just sit there. Yeah, no, 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 why would you do that, right? So, all right. Well, I, on my end, I have got you know since by the time this episode releases to the into the wild, yep, um, it will be. A day before Valentine's Day or so. So I was walking through the old HEB uh, last night and came across some dark romance dark. <laughs> from Ooh. Austin Beer Works. So, uh, they put that in a little heart box. <laughs> yeah. Or a little blue Tiffany box. Yeah. <laughs> so this says, like a shot from Cupid's arrow, dark romance will fill you with uncontrollable desire. Rich chocolate and bright cherry are star-crossed lovers doing a forbidden dance on your tongue. It's love at first sip. So 45 IBUs. I've never seen this on a chart before. 22 starting gravity, six 
P final gravity. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a nine ABV. So that's all I saw is the nine. <laughs> the nine ABV. Yeah. <laughs> so this is Austin Beer Works, probably one of the biggest um, breweries here in Austin. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Oh, that uh, looks really good. That yeah, looks really so I'm, good. I'm excited to try it. Got it. Let me, oops, let me close that screen. Yeah. So, Got my porter glass, so go ahead and cheers it up. I've got my Guinness glass, but that's all right. Cheers. Oh, that was too weak. Let's try that again. There we go. There we go. That's better. Like I said, I already know what mine's going to be, so I'll let you go first. I mean, I've... So that was interesting because, you know, it shows a 45 IBU. And I taste it like it's definitely it's weird. It's got a little bit of a even though it's a cherry porter, maybe it's the cherry that's causing it to be a little bit bitter. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely got a little bit of that IPA bitterness, not a lot, but a little bit. So or the sour maybe maybe it's like a cherry sour. Yeah, you know it's got that little bit of sour to it. Um. <clears throat> so for that reason, I'm going to give it. That brings the score down a little bit in my mm-hmm. taste buds. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go. Three, should do a flat three. Flat three, okay. We'll see if it it uh just came out of the can, so we'll see if that eases up over the course of the show. But right now, it's a three, a little too bitter for me, right at the front. Okay. And what's yours? Um, so I've thought about this already. I'm gonna give this one a four point eight. Yeah, it's, that's one that definitely gets better as it airs out. It's strong. Yeah, yeah. it's strong. And it, it it would probably get a five if I continued to set this. And I've got a second <laughs> one sitting over here beside me because we'll probably have a, 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 a lengthy episode today. So I'm, I've come well prepared. Um, yeah, that second one will definitely get a five. <laughs> second beer is always better than the first. So I could say 4.8 dash two five somewhere in that yeah. range yeah uh, but it's, so it's excellent, like, <clears throat> excellent. You know, it's like beer the the second and third beers is, is like the best beer then after that they taste buds are gone yeah coffee it's like the first sip right that's like the magic mm-hmm. but beer it's like a couple sips and you kind of mm-hmm. get used to it and all that so yeah it all does right. have that you know it you can taste the espresso. So mm-hmm. if you're not uh if you're not an espresso, if espresso is a little strong for you, you know that yeah. that bite, that aftertaste bite that you get from yeah espresso sometimes. If that's uh if that's not your thing, then you might not like this, but I love it. So well I'm uh so let me let's do it this way. I'm gonna blow this up a little bit. So we're ready to jump into the show, the so I'm going to put that there. All right. So for those of you watching on the old tubes, the YouTubes, we're talking about the 93-year-old persuasion secret still being used by today's top influencers. And I thought we'd start off, Jonathan, I got this from a PDF that I believe comes from uh, Matt Basak. Mm-hmm. It's called the Forbidden Knowledge Archive. Um, okay. It's by Matt Basak, Basak and Brother Mesmer. I hadn't heard Matt's name in forever. I know. Like, I don't even know. He's, he retired like 16 times. So I don't know <laughs> if he's retired or not right now. Um, but yeah, we're going to, we're going to kind of go through, we're going to pick and choose some things from this great thing. I don't know if you can still find it, but it, mm-hmm. yeah, it's called the forbidden knowledge archive. Yep. Um, and it's, it was like five or six PDFs and I was digging through my digital file cabinet, stumbled across it, looking for show ideas and, here we are. And really what this is about is, is all the different persuasion techniques that great speakers use. And his mm-hmm. point in this PDF was these still work today and they work really, really well on video. So this is kind of a more of a, like how you put together a speech or a talk that you might do on video. It could be a, com- these work for commercials. Sure. Um, and we'll get a little bit more into that in the second part of the show but in this first part i thought we'd do a little pop quiz okay let's do it especially for our uh copywriters and our linguists in the group yeah so we'll start out with the first one because i was going through i use a lot of these but i did not know what they were called i'll just be (laughs) honest i like if you gave me this pop quiz three days ago i could i would have failed miserably (laughs) 
So the first one is kind of a, a freebie for those uh, mm-hmm. alliteration. Yeah. You know what that one is? Yep. That's That is the repetition of the same letter or sound with nearby words, usually consonants. So an example is, why not waste a wild weekend at Westmore Water Park? Yeah. Coca-Cola is also... A, yeah, a lot of... <clears throat> A lot of famous iterate, uh, alliteration and logos and yep. company names. A lot of taglines use yeah. alliteration. So. Yeah. So that's one of the most common, well-known. Mm-hmm. Um, then we're, the next uh, 11 or so are a little tougher. Illusion, uh, not to be confused with illusion. Right. This is illusion with an A. And ironically, all these start with an A. Mm-hmm. So illusion. Now, this one I knew, but I knew it. You most often hear it in a biblical illusion sense, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so an illusion is just a, a reference to a literary work mm-hmm. that is like a famous literary work, whether it's the Bible, whether it's, um, you know, Odysse- the Odyssey, you know, Homer's Iliad and Odyssey type. Those are referenced a lot. Those kind of things. Um, an example was from President George W. Bush inaugural address. Mm-hmm. And I can pledge our nation to a goal when we see that wounded traveler on the road to Jericho, we will not pass to the other side, which is an allusion to the Good Samaritan story in sure. the Bible. Right. And the the idea is you want to use these because they're such time-tested stories that are so ingrained in the public that it, it carries a lot of weight when you throw it into a speech. Or into, into so you comments. don't have to mention the stories. No, like, they're so powerful that you shouldn't it, have to. Yeah, it's more of an indirect reference where you don't even have to mention, like you just said, the, the parable. Right. But m- most people are so familiar with it that, you know, when you indirectly reference it, they're like, oh, okay. You know, they, yeah. they understand. Yeah. So if you were... You know, not every audience will get, you do have to know your audience a little bit. Sure. You know, one I see a lot is like the, you know, the song of the sirens, mm-hmm. you know, it's like the, the pull of the song of the sirens. That's a, you know, um, to home, is it, um, Odysseus on his journey mm-hmm. when he goes by the island and the sirens are singing and they lure him over to the island. So that kind of thing. Those, those are all types of, of illusions. So this, this I'm going to try to say this one. Anna Diplosis, I'm guessing. Anna Diplosis. No clue. <laughs> no clue. <laughs> so this one's interesting. I I have used this um, a lot in copywriting, mm-hmm. but I had no idea that's that's what. And this is one of the things that really speeds up and makes your copy read better. Mm-hmm. And it all and I. It's funny because I edit this into people's copy all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anna Diplosis, but I didn't know what it was called. So I'm you know I'm copy chief in the team right now and uh next for the next 12 days they're getting one of these words a day (laughs) they don't know it yet (laughs) they're gonna get one of these words a day oh that's great um just to kind of play with their heads and then at the beginning of the day and then i mean they'll google it and find it out but um so this is the repetition of the last word or phrase from the previous line used at the beginning of the next Right. So an example is, is you see it a lot in poetry, but you also see it um, in, in really good copy. Mm-hmm. So here's an example from Shakespeare. The love of wicked men converts to fear, that fear to hate and hate turns one or both to worthy danger and deserve death. So when you pull, so in this case, the word fear, right? The love of wicked men converts to fear, new line, that fear to hate. Right. So you pull that forward. And if you do this in your copy, it really makes everything read faster. Mm-hmm. Interesting. You pull, you pull the reader along and it, it, a lot of writers will jump ideas without bringing the reader along. Cause in their head, they think the ideas are connected and they're not always as clearly connected as the writer thinks when they're writing it out. So it just really helps pull the connection and not leave the reader behind. Right. Um, analogy is pretty familiar. Uh, that's yeah. where you just comparison, comparison, you know. Um, so we won't go into that one. Anaphora. Mm-hmm. So A-N-A-P-H-O-R-A. Anaphora. Sounds like a a fear of some kind. I don't know. That's not what this is. It's the repetition of the same word or group of words at the beginning of successive clauses, sentences, or lines. Mm. 
we're all very familiar with this. We just don't know what it was called. The most famous example mm-hmm. is I Have a Dream. I have, oh, yeah. Yeah, because right? it's used several times. I, I was thinking the Bible, you know, you see that a lot in the Bible. Yeah, it's, yeah and, and in pastors, yeah. Uh, you know, pastors a lot of times, I mean, mm-hmm. songwriting, you use this in songwriting a lot Absolutely. in courses, right? You, right? you kind of repeat that thing. But yeah, you'll see this a lot. We're actually going to be doing an example of this. Um, in the next segment where we'll mm-hmm. talk about kind of how all these can weave together and create, create a really strong uh, presentation. Sure. So yeah, it's like, I have a dream. Um, it's anytime you're repeating that kind of stuff. And at the beginning of your phrases, really good preachers will use this a lot. Right. Oh yeah. And good, and good speech writers. Will use it helps this to emphasize the, the message. I mean, you're reinforcing right. it when you go back to it time and time again. Um, so anesis, A-N-E-S-I-S, this mm. is adding a concluding sentence that diminishes the effect of what has been said. So this is interesting. I don't use this one very much. Yeah. So I don't know that I've really ever used it, but I can see where you would use it in a, in a speech. So here's the example phrase. She had set more track records than any woman in the country. She had more stamina, skill, and perseverance than many of the best. Mm-hmm. So that's the first part of the phrase. Now here's where the anesis kicks in, but she had her broken leg and would not be competing this year. So it's oh. kind of this, you create this contrast, like you're building it up and then you take it away. Sure. It's almost like a takeaway close or something, I guess we could say. Mm-hmm. Um, just next word, number seven. Uh, you want to <laughs> try that one? <laughs> anti, uh, anti, let's see. Meta- anti- metabole. Me- anti- metabole. Yeah. It's just too many. It's kind of, uh, it's kind of like hyperbole, hyperbole. So antimetaboly, something like that. Antimetaboly. Like <laughs> yeah, because the last part is like hyper hyperbole. Yeah. Metabole. So yeah. Yeah. So it looks like anti-metabole is yeah. what it looks like if you're yeah. if you're not if you're not in front of the com- computer screen here. So it's a repetition of words and successive clauses in reverse grammatical order, mm-hmm. also known as chiasmus. Now, you've probably used this. Some of the catchiest phrases we know in history use this. So here's the mo- one of the most popular. When the going gets tough, the tough get going. That's right. So it, in the first part, it's going and then tough, and the second, mm-hmm. tough and going. Mm-hmm. Another famous one is ask not what you can do, f- ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. Okay. So it's just flipping that first phrase to drive home a point. Yeah. Um, Very. Aren't, we, aren't you glad we don't like, like we use these things in our work and things like that. Aren't you glad we don't have to know the names? <laughs> I'm telling you, I had Man. no clue, like almost all of these. I know it's crazy. It's uh, <clears throat> so the next one is antithesis. We've heard that word. Yep. So what is it? It's the juxtaposition of contrasting words or ideas. Um, often but not always in parallel structure. So the example is, it has been my experience that folks who have no voices have very few virtues. Um, No vices have very few virtues. So Mm. the juxtaposition is vices and virtues. Another one is, it can't be wrong if it feels so right. Right. I think you hear antithesis. See, I can't even say it. Antithesis. Antithesis a lot in country songs too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They, they use that play on words a lot in country songs. A yep. um, couple more. So, aposiopesis. <laughs> I have no idea how to say that one. I should have done a yeah, Google search and yeah. hit the little microphone or the speaker Oh, button. yeah, to hear it pronounced. Um, so, breaking off suddenly in the middle of speaking, usually to portray being overcome with emotion. So, this one's going to be hard to read. Uh, well, I could read it. It's like... Um, This is from Shakespeare's Julius Caesar. O judgment, thou art fled to brutish beast, and men have lost the reason. Bear with me. Pause. My heart is is in the coffin there with Caesar, and I must pause till it come back to me. So it's that dramatic Dramatic pause pause. is all it is. You see this really good um, speakers. Yeah, really good speakers will know how to just... Yeah, use that dramatic pause for effect. I mean, yep. just some of the some of the best speeches that you'll ever hear. And then uh, ap- ap- 
Apostio. Apostio. It is addition of an adjacent coordinate explanatory or descriptive element. I'm sure that cleared things right up. So here's the example. Howard Einstein, perhaps the greatest of scientists, seem not to have mastered the physics of hair combing. So it's where you kind of contrast their greatness with something else. It's like a limiting thing. Mm-hmm. So you're you're contrasting descriptive elements. Assonance, so spelled very much like resonance, but assonance. This is a repetition. So this is very much like alliteration, but it's vowel sounds instead of consonants. Ah, okay. So repetition of similar, vo- similar vowel sounds preceded and followed by different consonants. Um, the example, which I didn't think was very good, the sergeant asked him to hit, the sergeant asked him to bomb the lawn with hot spots. So I guess, ah, 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 ah. Yeah. All right, there's there's an O in the bomb. Sure. A-W sounds kind of like O. Yep. Then you got hot spots, which has two O's. So that's where you're, so it's like alliteration, but with vowels is the easiest way. And the last one, because some of you are dying, I'm sure. I think these are fascinating, um, especially because we use them so much, we don't even know what they're called. That's it's probably a whole lesson in itself right there. Ascended. Assigned it. Ascended? Yeah, I don't know. Assign, look, I don't know. Ascendant. Who cares? You see the word. Yeah. You people with the video, you can yeah. see the word up there. Um, it's probably funny listening to it. Uh, so the, the omission of conjunctions between clauses often resulting in a hurried rhythm or vehement effect. So this is where you, you know, if you were writing for an English essay, you would put and or, you know, conjunctions in there, you know, the old conjunction, junction, what's mm-hmm. your function? You get rid of the conjunctions. Sure. So it's, um, I came, I saw, I conquered instead of I came and I saw and I conquered. Right. Yeah. So right. you make it a little choppier and it gives it more weight and more power. Mm-hmm. That's basically all that is. So right. that's, seg- that's segment number one. There's a lot of, uh, if you, if you knew most of those, I want you, you should just be a guest on our show or you're probably an English lit. Major. More than likely. You're not. Uh, yeah. <laughs> You've majored in English. And nobody understands what you're saying. If you I think most words. copywriters wouldn't have a clue as to what this oh, is. No. no, they have no idea. What most, but they probably use most of them. Oh, of course. Yeah. And that's what's, that's what what's kind are. of, that's, that's kind of interesting. Um, all right. So now let's, let's, let's move into the next section and reveal the actual 93 year old persuasion secret still being used by today's top influencers. Uh, this is, where's my notes? So this was originally created in the 1930s by Alan H. Monroe, a professor at Purdue University. And it's called Monroe's Motivated Sequence. And it is a five-step sequence that is perfect to get people to take action. Mm. And the, the key here is action yeah. in contrast to a speech that like a Ted talk or something like that, that might be informing or inspiring or things like that. This one is actually designed to, to get people listening to take action. Yeah. Um, so we're going to go through the five steps and then we're going to do two instead of trying to describe the steps, we're just going to do two different. Um, we're going to do a speech that was very successful and then we're going to do a TV commercial. Oh, an nice. older TV commercial. Yeah. So just to show the two different ways you could use this. So here's the five steps. Step number one. Grab the attention. Grab the attention. That sounds pretty, you know, that's not groundbreaking. This is going to sound very similar to AIDA, attention, interest, desire, action. Mm-hmm. It's got an extra step in it though. And that extra step could make a huge, huge difference. Yeah. So number one is to grab the attention. Number two is to build the need of the audience. So it's to get that need, um, get that need out there. So that's kind of the, the interest part of the idea. The next sex, the next one is satisfy that need or want, right? Give them yep. a solution mm-hmm. basically. And this is really cool. Cause in the, in the, um, one of the, um, examples that we're going to show in the next, in the Obama speech that's coming up, don't tune out. It was a good speech. Uh, <laughs> it was. It, it won an election and got a lot of people out to the polls. Uh, so 
But notice how short this is in that speech when we get to it. Um, visualizing the results. This is the part that AIDA is missing a little bit. I mean, mm-hmm. some people say that would be in the desire section. Um, but visualizing the results, this is a lot more like future pacing, which we've talked about when we sure. did Eugene Schwartz. You know, he was really well known for the for the future pacing. That's really what you're doing here. And then finally, the last one is the call to action. So let's, instead of breaking these down, let's just show it in action using uh, the, the speech from 2008 when Obama won the election. Okay. And we'll go to attention step first. Can you do a good Obama impersonation, Jonathan? Let's see. There's something happening. <laughs> I don't think that's no, quite right. That was more Larry the Cable guy, I think. I don't know. Uh, there is something happening when men and women in Des Moines and Davenport and Lebanon and Concord come out in the snows of January to wait in lines that stretch block after block because they believe in what this country can be. All right. So that's the attention step. Yeah. And it's got, you know, it's got some story in there. It's got people lined up around the block in the snows of January. Like that's, you know, that's attention getting. Mm -hmm. And that's, we've got, I've got a whole list of things that, you know, you could use here, but things that work really well in this are shocking statistics you know, really strong stories, anything like that in the attention step works really, really well. Yeah. You were doing pretty good on the, the, uh, the impersonation there. Really? Yeah. Uh, you got the Lebanon quick, <laughs> Lebanon quick. Um, and then, so in the need step, I'll, I'll take this one. I'm not going to try to do the voice though. <laughs> so the need step, you can be the new majority who can lead this nation out of a long political darkness. Democrats, independents, Ooh, and Republicans who are yeah. tired of the division and distraction. Notice a lot of the things we just talked about in the previous segment mm-hmm. are here. Yep. Division and distraction that has clouded Washington, who know that we can disagree without being disagreeable, who understand that if we mobilize our voices to challenge the money and influence that stood in our way and challenge ourselves to reach for something better, there's no problem we can't solve, no destiny we cannot fulfill. There is so much of those 12 terms that we did earlier in this thing. Oh, yeah. Now, I can't name them, but I can point them out. Sure. So, no problem we we can't solve, no destiny we can't fulfill. That's the one where you take out the conjunctions, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's shortened a little bit. Instead right. of and, there's just a dash. Yep. We've got who, who, who. So, we've got that repetition. Mm-hmm the three things, the, you know, the pieces of repetition, we have got division and distraction. So we got a little alliteration going on there. Mm-hmm. Disagree without being disagreeable. That's both alliteration and the uh, juxtaposition and the two different things. Um, so we got a repetition again of challenge and challenge. Mm-hmm. Yep. So there's a lot going on. Mm-hmm masterful, masterful speech writing here Absolutely. in this section. Now, this was the thing I was talking about early and, you know, back up here in the satisfy the need, right? Yeah. Like, so what is the answer to make this happen? When I am president. When I am president. Yeah. That's oh, right. that's it. That, that's, next step. That's all, you, <laughs> that's all you need to, for the next step, for the solution. And when I'm president, boom. All right. So then you go straight to visualization from there, right? So the visualization in this one is, but the reason our campaign has always been different is because it's not just about what I will do as president. It's what it's also about what you, the people who love this country can do to change it. And this is where he gets into his most famous part of the speech, yes, which yeah. was borrowed heavily from the, I have a dreams idea, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. The, this kind of thing. Yes, we can. It was the call of workers who organized, women who reached for the ballot, a president who chose the moon as our new frontier, and a king who took us to the mountaintop and pointed the way to the promised land. Mm. So these are actually forms of illusion. Sure. Um, because these are famous stories, maybe yeah. not famous literature. Although I, w- I could say that this speech by Kennedy, right, a president who chose, us, chose the moon as our new frontier, is 
as powerful as most literary and as famous as a lot of literary works, that one mm-hmm. speech. And then, of course, Martin Luther King, who took us to the mountaintop, pointed the way to the promised land. The promised land in and of itself is an illusion, sure. a biblical illusion. Yes, we can to justice and equality. Yes, we can to opportunity and prosperity. Yes, we can heal this nation. Yes, we can repair this world. Yes, we can. Yeah. Uh, so lots of repeating there that yes, we can. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. Very hypnotic, very rhythmic mm-hmm. uh, there. And then the action step. And so tomorrow we will remember that there is something happening in America. We will begin the next great chapter in America's story with three words that will ring from coast to coast, from sea to shining sea. Yes, we, we can. Yeah. So that's a real, I mean, you know, that's a powerful short little speech right there. Mm-hmm. That wasn't the entire speech. That was like the, the climax of the speech, I believe, um, that hits all those points. And you could see how if you did a, um, you know, a commercial or something like that, or a, a video where you were calling your, you know, your ideal customer, you know, if you, if you knew their pains and things like that, it could be really powerful. Right. No, um, that's great. So this one's pretty, this, so this one's kind of cool. So I, I was like, well, that was pretty serious, a little bit heavy maybe. So I was like, well, how do we liven this up a little bit and show how you might use this in good old fashioned advertising? <laughs> So I'm going to try to play this. I don't know if maybe you need to play it on your end uh, for audio. Let's see what happens when you play it, if we, if we can hear it on our... I'll move my microphone up to the speaker. So hold on just a second. Yep. Pull it up. Oh, actually, I already had it up. Troubleshooter Ultra is now better than ever. 1001, a magic number for carpets. Okay, I just it just dawned on me that if you're listening on a podcast, that made no sense <laughs> without the visuals. You have to see the. You have to have the visuals. Yeah, yeah, the visuals are really powerful. But luckily for our uh, listeners, I do have the script or mm-hmm. the basically the um, what do you call that the um, yeah, that thing. <laughs> Storyboard. Yeah, there you go. Whew, that was tough. How come I've never out. seen this commercial? <laughs> it's an old one, I think. I think it's pretty old. Okay. Um, I don't know how old it is, but it it was it was Matt's example in there. So mm-hmm. instead of trying to find a different one, because he already broke it down. So I'm just going to steal his stuff and, and sure. use it. So basically, what happened was, as we go through this, you'll you'll. Uh, you'll see it in your mind's eye for those of you that are just listening. So the attention step is a magic genie and a monkey in a purple suit are sitting on a magic floating carpet. The first seconds of the commercial are a close up on the monkey's face showing his purple hat. We are powerfully drawn to eyes and faces. This cute yet exotic monkey triggers a strong curiosity response. So you got this. And if, if you saw it, like there's a fat genie looking guy, like he's not like yeah. a sexy genie. He's like yeah. a fat, <laughs> g- ugly genie. Right. Um, no offense to that guy if he's listening, but you know, <laughs> you got cast for a reason, buddy. Um, so like it is, it's a little like what's going on here. This is not like Aladdin. This is something else going on. Right. So that's the attention grabbing step. You know, something's going on. And mm-hmm. then the need step is the genie and the monkey tussle and they spill red wine and chips on the carpet. Right. Yep. So and now they're looking at each other. The genie's upset. He banishes the monkey to the corner of the room. And then the genie closes his eyes and he calls upon his magic lamp, which is sitting off in the distance to solve this serious situation. The lamp shakes and the carpet cleaning product appears in his hand as, as the solution. Um, a magic genie, there's a lot of subliminal stuff going on here, right? A magic genie would have access to an incredibly wide range of solutions. So the implication is that this product is indeed the very best for this difficult carpet cleaning situation. Yeah. 
And it's funny how all of that is conveyed without a word being spoken, mm-hmm. you know, in this video. So, mm-hmm. and then the visualization step is the genie sprays the product on the wine stain. He applies a cloth, wipes it up. The red stain is all magically gone yeah. right before our eyes. Um, and then the last action step, having been banished to sit in the corner of the room by the genie, we see the monkey once again. Next time, a flash of light like the earlier one appears and the carpet cleaning product emerges. Female voiceover called action recalls the magic theme as the monkey reacts with a sound of surprise at the product's sudden mystical display. And wow. then she says, like, grab, you know, whatever the product name was, 1001 something. Right. All of that in 30 seconds. Yeah, that's right? pretty you amazing. Go no dot. Yeah. No dialogue no, whatsoever. With, yeah, with no dialogue other than the very end, mm-hmm. you know, the call to action, which is the product name. You were to, they took you all the way through that five step motivating sequence. So that's, I mean, that's pretty that's cool good. if you think yeah. about it. You can, so this is an accordion type sequence that can literally make a thirty second commercial, or could make a an hour long keynote. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, and it was interesting in the PDF, he talked about, uh, you can see this same sequence a lot of times in 30 minute TV shows or even hour long TV shows. A lot of times they will follow this sequence, even mm-hmm. for entertainment, not just right. for sales and, and marketing. So, uh, it's pretty, pretty cool stuff. That is, I love that. It's a lot of stuff there. So that didn't take us as long as I thought it would take yeah. us. Cool example. So. <clears throat> I've, so where do we where do we go from here? I feel like we've given our listeners a little bit of a, uh, you know, English one hundred and one <laughs> lesson. That's not one hundred and one though. That's yeah, I was like say that's like three hundred and one or something. I don't know. That's, yeah, that's way beyond one hundred and one. Um, yeah, but that was good. I, yeah, I, I think it's really interesting to and like I said, I find myself using a lot of this stuff. I know, you know, you're in sales, you've read oh, a lot yeah. of books and you yeah. kind of picked up some of these things along the way. Cause intuitively you just, you realize that it speaks to you mm-hmm. and you kind of begin to recognize when people do it. Right. You know, whether it's people like Zig Ziglar in the past who've told great stories and yeah. used alliteration and all yeah. this stuff or, or whoever. Um, but to actually have a framework, um, that, and I think a lot of people that use this aren't even, they're not even using this, like following the script. They just intuitively have kind of come to it, but to have it as a script, not a script, but a framework to, to work from, mm-hmm. and you can really up the power of any presentation that you're giving. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Cause now you can go right in order. Um, you can use some of these other, and like, and like the first 12 things that we did, the, all the different opiosis and opposado and os assonance mm-hmm. or whatever they're called. Like those are good to work in, in the editing phase. After you get the first draft out, then you go back and work in some of those phrases, some of the alliteration, you, you sharpen the words up. You don't right. try to hit those on the first pass. Right. Right. Like you might get lucky and it just comes out of your pen that way or, your, or your, you know, your typewriter, your mm-hmm. computer keyboard, mm-hmm. whatever you use. Um, but the chances of you nailing all that on the first draft is pretty slim, right? So you got to go back and work that stuff in. Yeah. No, that's have we good. Ever, have we ever gone through um, Bond Halbert's book, the Halbert uh, Copywriting Method Part 3? Uh, you know, I don't think we ever did on on Bonds. So in that, in that the, Bonds, is that the it? one that, that's not the one from, uh, that he wrote like, from... No, it's not the prison one. That's Gary Halbert wrote that. But this one I think is actually written by Bond. Um, but anyway, it's called the Gary, it's called the Halbert Copywriting Method Part 3. And it's yeah. all about editing and right. going in and, and making your draft better. Mm-hmm. Um, really, really good book. Uh, I don't know if it would translate as well on the podcast, but that that's a book people should definitely grab. Um, Which one is that? What's the name of it again? I think it's called the Bond or excuse me, the Halbert copywriting method part three. Okay. It's like a eight and a half by 11 workbook style book. It's black with white font. Okay. Um, it's not that long, but man, it is packed full of great advice on how to edit 
eight-year copy yeah. to really polish it up and make it strong. And it has some of this kind of stuff in it where it's, you know, put things in threes or bullet this or, you know, all this kind of stuff. And I'm pretty sure it was written by Bond Halbert instead of Gary Halbert. You are so, correct. You are correct. And I have that book. I was like, do I have that book? Yes, I do yeah. have that book. Simple, yeah, fast, just, and easy editing formula that forces buyers to read every word of your ads. Yep. So I have another book that I have to pull off the shelf and... And, and uh, check out. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and recheck. Yeah, exactly. You forget all this stuff. You got to go back to it. Yeah, especially that kind of stuff where it's a little bit more tactical mm -hmm. and not principle-based. You know, it's yeah. like there's so many good tactics that you can use to polish up things, polish up a speech, an, e an important email that you're sending out, mm -hmm. you know, to make sure, like even writing an email to make sure it has the points that we've covered today, that it's got the attention, the need, the satisfaction, the visualization, yeah. the call to action. Uh, it's easy to just miss one of those steps if you're just firing it off. And if you can, if you have a checklist here and there that you can flip to, you know, like a pre, you know, pre-send checklist, you can make sure you're getting the most bang for your buck. Bang for your buck is alliteration, by the way. That's right. There's another reference. There's another it's all, example. It's also, it's also an analogy. Yeah. Or a you're metaphor. Absolutely one, of the, right. one of those and things. And we did, we have, I just saw it. I mean, I just looked it up. We did, we did review do this book. Episode okay. 58. For our oh. listeners out there, episode 58 of Persuasion by the Pint, how to write hypnotic copy using cliffhangers, anchors, and more. Okay. Makes me we want to re-listen to it. I know, man. That's like a great show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, discussing the Halbert Copywriting Method 3. And so we talked, in that episode, we focused on the anchors and the cliffhangers. Okay. And uh, how these are used to keep people reading. Man, yeah, I got to go back through that. So, good. so there's so man, many I reminders hope. out there. You just got to. I mean, we have so much content on our website that. Yeah. <laughs> we should probably listen to it. <laughs> we should. We put we all of it together. I mean, we're so close to episode 300. We definitely need to do like a best of episode. Yeah, uh, yeah no doubt. I we'll had to start digging through that yeah. and uh, pulled that together. Um, so we'll anyway, have, uh, some uh, some some friends on. Yeah. To celebrate. I might even smoke a cigar here in my office. That's a good idea. I like that. <laughs> I have to open a window, but I there think I could get away with that. <laughs> or go down to one of the uh, local breweries and yeah. just sit outside. You could do that too. So, <clears throat> well, I don't want to hold our listeners just to hold them. Yeah. So I think we can probably wrap and maybe, uh, maybe we'll do another episode. Maybe, maybe not. Um, but yeah, I think that was a good episode. I think there's a lot of stuff. Might have to go back and listen a few times. Can we post a um, link to the to that document, or is there uh, is there a way? Share, I, I know you got on Google, Google Docs. Can we give yeah, them can access? Share that. Yeah, just use the same link I sent you. Okay, um, there's I'll, nothing else on it. So okay, I'll post that link on our show page. So um, yeah, if you guys go to on this show, um, we'll post it. Uh, for free to all of our listeners, episode 294 of over at uh, Persuasion by the Pint. And uh, on the show page, you can access it. And I'll put at the top of the doc, I'll put this. Um, you can do a little searching for it. Um, that it's from the Forbidden Knowledge Archive by Matt Basak. Mm -hmm. So if you want to do a Google search and try to find the original PDFs, you can certainly do that. Okay. I'm sure they're on some site somewhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, you, you sent me another one, the uh, for, Forbidden Knowledge Archive, uh, Speech Secrets, how to, how to be a master presenter speaking in public or on the internet, which is really good. Go on that's that. this one. That's yeah. this one. I okay. just read, I did the, I did our title a little bit different, but okay. yeah, that's the gotcha. one I sent you. Same one. Oh, okay. Good um, stuff. Yeah. So yeah, this one's just speech secrets and it, it gets into a couple more examples. One was a YouTube video that did really well. Um, that's in the PDF, but there's also a, it's worth digging up and trying to find because he, he does a very thorough, um, breakdown. Uh, I'll just show this real quick for those of you that are on happen to watch, or if you want to go check out the video at like 46 minutes, um, let me share this real quick. So 
So stop sharing that one, present a different one, uh, window, this one here. All right. So this is the actual PDF. Mm -hmm. And as you can see, it's like 59 pages long. Mm -hmm. um, so he does like a, a mini breakdown of the steps. Yeah. Like here's step one. And then here's step two, but then he also does an extended breakdown. And what I like about when he gets into this really extended breakdown, where's it at? Yeah. All these up here. He gives you actual um, ideas mm -hmm. here okay. that you can use to flesh out. So oh, there's okay. a lot of like pointers on how to do this not just what it, not just a finished product. Like this is the get attention part. Mm -hmm. He talks about, um, some of the, it's almost like a grab bag that you could use, right? You could give the audience a compliment, show that, show that the topic is urgent, make a shocking statement, arouse curiosity, tell a funny real life story, tell a dramatic real life story, ask a question, show a movie clip, play a song related to the theme. Mm -hmm. So there's lots of different ways you can grab attention. And that's it. So it gets into more of those kind of things. Okay. I was actually thinking about making a spreadsheet that was like a, you know, so you could just pick your different things mm -hmm. for people that don't know, you know, aren't avid copywriters, but want to put this together. Cause I'm, I'm coaching a lot of people right now who want to know copy, but they're not full-time copywriters. So they're never going to sit down and learn sure. right. everything. Right. Um, and sometimes templates aren't, are too fill in the blankie and they don't really, they're hard to use actually sometimes. So yeah. anyway, so we'll put a link to the title of the PDF, but I don't want to give the PDF away because I really don't have permission to do that. Sure. Um, you can dig it up on your own and steal it from wherever you think is your conscious allows. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, it's great. <laughs> or, maybe, or maybe see if it's on Matt Basak's site somewhere, if he still has a site or who knows what he's doing these days. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, we'll so, yeah. share that with our listeners and, uh, Great example for, you know, anybody, especially doing, uh, you know, video today, where they're yeah. doing any type of, uh, you know, video marketing, where they're yeah. uh, presenting a product, definitely should uh, use this as a yeah, blueprint you could, for, for Yeah, all you could turn this into a, you know, there's something in there that says your your ideal speech is in the six minute range. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, you think about that, that's a nice short six minute VSL, like a pre opt-in or right after an opt-in mm -hmm. use this framework that then sells your product. Um, you know, and you could just record a quick five to six minute video, but you're not rambling. You're just, yeah. you've got a nice framework to work with. Sure. So good. All right. All right. Well, um, Sean, I guess we have the we have the big uh, commercial event coming up on Sunday. We do. So yes. we will be, um, I guess, probably one of our episodes next week, we'll be reviewing, as we always do, some of the best of. Yeah, I guess this would be like our fourth <laughs> annual. <laughs> our fourth annual best of and worst of commercials uh, yes. during the Super Bowl. Um, yeah. Last year was heavy crypto. I've got a feeling it's not going to be much crypto yeah, this year. I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't imagine a lot of crypto is going to be happening. <laughs> I'm not sure who the lead dog is. I'm sure it's out already, but I haven't looked yet. Cause I don't like looking before. I want to, I want to see it in, I do too. In real time. I do too. But I did, I did hear that it's going to be heavy, uh, EV, you know, electric vehicle ads. Uh -oh. So, yeah. uh, that will, that will be the center spot, uh, centerpiece. That's funny. Of, cause it, it, it's interesting. Cause Jeep Wrangler came out today. Mm -hmm. There's an article about their limited edition Jeep Wrangler Rubicon 392 20th anniversary distance, which is, you know, the 392 engine. So like, mm -hmm. you know, the opposite of EV. Right. And uh, it's like $115,000 for a Jeep Wrangler. Wow. Crazy. So I love Jeep, but I ain't paying 115 grand. No, <laughs> no. Not when you still get wet when they, uh, sometimes when they, when you open the door. Um, so, oh, look at that. We got a comment right before the show closes. Let's see From what this one is. Runaway train. 
Runaway Train, I'm one of them starting out in copywriting these past few months. The only big issue I have is the tech part of it that nobody teaches yet. IG, how to work Google Docs, email lists, stuff, et cetera. Mm. Well, Runaway Train, there are plenty of YouTube videos that can help teach you the Google Docs. Um, yeah. Some of the email lists. The email list stuff is, is tough. That's almost, a, that, that's beyond copywriting. It's yeah. a great added skill if you can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but if your gift is words, I would, Focus on what I mean, you're good at. Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah. that is Outsource. like list segmentation and how to run a Weber, how to run Clavio or any of those, those <clears throat> machines, those tools, or it is a whole nother specialty in and of itself. Yeah. Uh, and your highest value is, is going to be writing copy. Right. And there's plenty of people that need just copy and they can get somebody on Fiverr to plug it into their, yep. their stuff. Yep. So, but yeah, thanks for the comment. Thanks for listening. Absolutely. Yeah, to, um, uh, I guess we'll uh, we'll wrap up now. Wrap to all of up. our listeners, uh, you know, good to be back <laughs> after about a, a, a full month hiatus. But uh, yeah. but yeah, we'll be um, back next week. Um, maybe try showing maybe a couple of episodes back to back because we may do a yeah. Super Bowl ad and then uh, and then something else afterward. Yeah, because uh, I know good. that will be top of mind. And uh, yeah. I, uh, I think there'll be some good commercials. I've got a sneak peek of, I haven't watched them, but I know yeah. a few of them that are nostalgic to some degree. Yeah. So, cool. and as we've said, nostalgia always wins. You know? It does. It <laughs> tugs on those heartstrings. That's right. Well, to all of our listeners, hope you have a great weekend. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Um, we have, we could care less of who wins. Actually, no, Sean, Sean's got a, uh, his his uh, his wife is a huge Eagle fan, so yes, it's, it's going to be fly Eagle fly on Sunday all day long. So, and there are a couple, uh, you know, Georgia boys starting. That's right. That, so. That's right. Exactly. So we'll, and uh, I think more Georgia are starting on that side than on. That's right. Because Miko Hardeman's injured, he's out. Absolutely, so. and uh, I'll probably be pulling for the Eagles. So yeah. All right. Well, take care. Have a great weekend. Enjoy and. Uh, And you can thank us for this educational lesson that we've given you today. And uh, we'll see you next week. Yeah.